Hi, welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast. Today I'll be talking 2019 apparel trends and more with Kathy Chang. Kathy is the founder and CEO of Redwood Classics Apparel. A Toronto-based vertically integrated manufacturer, Redwood produces fashion basics through a model that emphasizes ethical production and sustainability. Kathy, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Chris, for having me. It's my pleasure. All right, well, let's jump into this first question here. So so you're up on the trends, of course. What are some of the hottest trends that we're going to see in the promo products and printed apparel market in 2019? Okay, so, well, I, I think uh, there's there's a couple of, there's actually a few of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being a custom PMS apparel match. I think it's a great way for companies to build a strong a brand identity. Um, they, they tend to, you know, there's, I know there's lots of colors out there in the marketplace for in stock apparel, but uh, for whatever reason, that specific PMS match for a brand is sometimes very challenging to find. So I think as a distributor, if you're able to solve that brand problem, that'd be great. Um, it also is a great way for brands to have a unique look mm-hmm. and it really leaves a big impression on the consumers. I think it's going to be from a nice to have feature to a must have very soon in our in, in our industry. All right, very, very uh, cool. Are there other things that you're seeing as far as, as, as trends go now? Yeah, all of the print is really, really big. Um, I'm seeing that in the fashion industry for sure, as our factory does manufacture for a number of luxury designer brands. Um, so we're definitely seeing that. But I also think another thing is collaborations, which isn't really new per se, uh, but we've been seeing it in the fashion industry for a number of years now. Uh, you've got high-low collaborations that are happening. But I think when you're you're combining the influence and the strength of companies with like-minded and complementary values, uh, you're able to reach a new audience. So I perceive that being a bit of a trend coming up, too. Now, now that's interesting. When you say collaborations, of course, um, you mean it's it's two brands uh, teaming up to come out with some kind of some kind of branded apparel co- collection. And I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, and I agree. And we're we're seeing we are definitely seeing so much more of that. And do do you think there's going to be some increased opportunity there for for distributors to kind of even potentially cross sell clients on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, we've seen it happen on on our end, even where uh, distributors, when they understand the brand value of, let's say, the end user client corporate branding, and then also they've come to us saying, hey, I know you stand for locally made quality products. Um, slow fashion and our client, let's say, as a microbrewery also understands and value high quality locally made in craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. And so there has been opportunities where we've actually, uh, distributor has, has really meshed us together. Um, still been really much involved in the whole process, but putting us together with a cultural brand and then user brand along with our brand. So it's, a um, XYZ company by Redwood Classics. So that's been pretty, pretty popular. Um, but then another thing we've also done, actually, is with an eco-fashion brand called Pre-Love. So mm-hmm. what Pre-Love does is we take vintage clothing, deconstruct it, reconstruct it, and turn it into a brand-new garment. They've been around for 20 years now in Canada as a boutique eco-brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually collaborated with them over the holiday season to put together an ugly holiday collection. Oh, is that so right? <laughs> through, yeah, so what we've done is take an ugly holiday sweaters which which are vintage and would have been going to landfill and we've deconstructed them matched it with our um our high quality signature fleet and we've come to market as our ugly holiday collection that's only around for for the holiday season that's so what we're trying to do is combine combine sustainability responsible manufacturing and also fashion for the greater good 
So that's something that we've introduced over the holiday season. All right, very cool. Let's move on to a different type of uh, trend, but another area where you have some expertise: um, apparel decoration. So the type of branding and <laughs> printing that's going to go on there. What do you What are you seeing as far as as 2019 goes? Well, I think 2019 the vintage feel will continue. Um, what is old is new again, and I think that will continue for 2019. Um, what I'm seeing, or at least what we're, we're manufacturing or, or developing. Um, at the factory level for for a number of uh, boutique and designer brands is that the vintage embroidery is is really breaking out um, from patchwork to state, uh, chain stitching using vintage detailing that can really bring a nostalgic DIY vibe to a piece of apparel that's been pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, Another staple that we're seeing quite a bit of is really adding a private label mm-hmm. to off-the-shelf goods. So our stock programs, um, and we love this because it really shows that your your brands are trusting the products enough to actually put you know their own branding neck label onto the product. So I think it's a great way for distributors to uh, showcase or suggest to brands, I should say corporate brands, um, to add a personal touch for their consumers and their con- and, and their target audience. Gotcha. All right. Well, you had mentioned you had mentioned before about um, in, environmental uh, sustainability. About uh, alluded to social responsibility as well. That's something that's that's pretty important. I know at Redwood. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you're doing at at Redwood, and and just maybe some ways that apparel makers in general could, could do better on that account. Well, I think environmental impact and supply chain transparency um, and getting consumers to really invest in quality are hurdles, not just for the promotional product industry, but for all, you know, for fashion industry as a whole. Um, I think all these issues actually bleed into each other. And I think it really comes down to your priorities as a company and as a brand. What does it mean to you? For us at Redwood, um, we really talk about people, planet, and profit, and it's the three Ps, and in that order. So it it really, how do I put this? It doesn't just ensure that we have a supply chain where we have oversight on, um, but it keeps things local, and it really helps us reduce the carbon footprint that's pretty significant and increases our quality control, only because we, you know, at this point, I'd say about 50% of the raw material that's consumed at our factory is actually knitted within a hundred miles radius of, of our Toronto factory. Wow. So okay. it allows us to be really close to, to the product. Um, and, you know, being able to have quality control is really important and really knowing our makers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know who my knitters are and if I have any problems, I can go talk to them directly. So that's nice. And just knowing really ultimately, I think my personal goal, um, is to humanize the apparel industry. Regardless of where the products are made, one thing I hope, you know, everyone that's listening recognizes that apparel, we celebrate farm-to-table, right? So we celebrate farmers. But have we ever stopped to celebrate makers? Mm -hmm. What we wear is the closest thing to our skin. And so regardless of if... The product is made in Bangladesh, or it's made in China, or if it's made in Canada, mm-hmm. they are still done by human hands. So I think humanizing the apparel industry, I think humanizing um, fashion, it really helps um, bring our consumers to be more conscientious. And I also believe in having a 
conscious consumption. I mean, consumption, you know, we're in a capitalistic market. Um, consumption will happen, mm-hmm. but let's think before we consume. All right, wise words there. Um, kind of a semi-related topic, you could say, is um, is is tariffs. Um, we're talking about where things are, are being made, and um, just I'm curious, do you see uh, the import tariffs that the U.S. has currently imposed on um, uh, China as an opportunity for yourself, for for made in Canada um, suppliers in general, to maybe expand some market share in in the U.S.? Yeah, definitely. I think. Um there's definitely an opportunity to level up the playing field uh, when it comes to the cost of commercial products and to help out, you know, Canadian-based uh, businesses to get their foot in the door. Um, but the benefit of it is really the country of origin, it being made in Canada. Canada is hands down one of the most globally friendly trading partners in the world, and we actually have 14 active um, trade agreements that are currently happening right now. I believe we are probably considered the most active and trade-friendly country out of all the G7. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, I'd say we have nearly about 90% of the existing export markets and have free trade access to the U.S., Europe, and the Americas, and most recently, um, the Asia-Pacific region. So I think, you know, if you use Canada, just the country of an or a country of origin and from Canada to, to run a global business, mm-hmm. that is something that is worth, uh, worth exploring. And then I'd also recommend, like, U.S.-based distributors, like, perform an internal sourcing audit mm-hmm. to ensure that they're really, really getting the most out of their current trade supply base. That's something that, you know, we've been exploring for the last few years, and um, I think that's part of the reason why we're pretty much poised for for, for global. Um, we have distributors globally, um, and to us, the world is flat, mm-hmm. which I think is modern economy. All right, interesting. And you, you, you kind of segued nicely into what my next question is, which is, um, you know, do you think that uh, there is – for made in Canada and made in the USA, do you think apparel production will increase, decrease, or hold the same over the next decade or so? We're definitely seeing a significant shift mm-hmm. on how companies and consumers are perceiving value. That's first and foremost. And I think the consumers are actually becoming more and more, if not they are more informed. Um, you know, the millennials are 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 one of the big consumption uh, buying groups, and they've really grown up with with information at the tip of their hand, so at the tip of their fingers. So they they are able, and they're more equipped to make conscientious buying choices. And I think they care about more than just a number on a price tag. You know, for us, our focus has always been creating high quality products, and through collaboration, being really, really flexible and agile in our approach. Not creating something as cheap as possible. So I believe this focus has allowed us to really carve out a niche and for us to, you know, speak to the audience that value expert craftsmanship and social responsibility. All right. Um, so we're going to end on a light one. And no, we're not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big question. Um, what are a couple of the biggest challenges that you feel are facing the imprinted apparel industry today? And, you know, how do you think they can be overcome? Hmm. I think every individual and company really needs to decide what's important to them. Um, I would say for us at Redwood, we look at our approach mm-hmm. that's founded on two pillars. 
um, which is environmentally sustainability, sustainability and then socioeconomic sustainability or responsibility. Um, the biggest challenge is, I'm sorry, Chris, can you repeat that? So just what do you see as... Just repeat the question. I think I'm a little bit... Yeah, no, you're fine. I lost in my own train of thought. No, you're fine. (laughs) Just just some of the biggest challenges that you think are facing the imprinted apparel industry today, whether they be to do with supply chains or speed to market demands, whatever whatever it might be that that you see is just kind of being issues that that are facing, say, makers like yourself. Okay, yeah, definitely the sustainability factor is is very, very important. Um, There's a lot of challenges when it comes to trade being up to date with um, the trade agreements and the changes in laws. Um, and then also just being able to get to market quickly and having realistic expectations. Um, I think that is a challenge in itself as well. But I, I, from what I, what I see, sustainability is a big word. Um, and I hope, I sincerely hope this is an award that gets bastardized like the word eco has. Oh, sure. Because sure. really, sustainability really needs to be what's important to a company. And I think every individual and every corporation should just define what sustainability means um, within their brand ethos in order to to be true and authentic to, to itself. And allow that to be its you know, guiding light, I think. I got you. Well, well, well said. I lied. I'm going to ask you one other thing. What are you? What, what are you most excited about for for 2019 for for the, for the apparel industry for for just the market in general? What's got you really juiced? What's got me really juiced is um, the word diversity. Mm-hmm. Diversity is to me very very important. Um, and perhaps it may be, as a woman-owned business, that, that may be it. I think it's the best time to be a woman mm-hmm. in business right now. Um, a lot of opportunities, I think, uh, with, with a lot of information out there. Um, women and females in general are being more vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity for gender parity is, is really important to me, and that's gotten really juiced. Um, watching my daughter grow up with so much confidence and recognizing that she can do whatever, you know, her counterpart, male um, can, friend can do, mm-hmm. that's really exciting for me. I think um, corporations recognizing and also putting so much value and resources into building not just an internal diversity and inclusion program, but also the brands and corporations that are um, investing in supplier diversity programs because they recognize supplier diversity also helps. There's a business case for it, right? Supplier diversity helps with um, being agile. Um, It also allows an opportunity, and it doesn't guarantee you business, but it allows uh, certified Typically, small to medium-sized business, an opportunity to be at the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I, I do want to stress in supplier diversity, it doesn't mean you get the business. What it does mean is, you know, for underrepresented groups, typically, um, they finally have an invitation to come to the party. But just like all other parties, you know, you go to, if you sit in the corner and you don't work for the, you know, you don't jump up and dance and have fun, <laughs> right. it's not going to do anything, right? Sure. The invitation's not going to do, do do you any good. 
Um, but I think if all things being equal, you know, um, recognizing the right company and the right person will, will, will be awarded. Um, that to me is very exciting. The opportunity to be playing leveled out playing fields, let's just say. All right, Kathy. Well, that's it's great stuff and some insights that were certainly appreciative that you've shared with us. Everybody, that was Kathy Chang. She's the founder and CEO of Redwood Classics Apparel. Kathy, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome.